Welcome to Tech News of the Week with your host, 1992 Script Spelling Bee Champion Amanda Goad. Welcome to Totally Not of the World. That one's okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> this is our weekly tech news podcast where Chris and I talk about four news stories that caught our eye. Welcome to 2024. We are going to cover some things that happened in 2024 and maybe something that happened in 2023. I handled the main episode this week, so Chris, you can take it away with your first story. People are creating AI versions of people, and people are pissed. The AI people? All of the above. Okay. There is a new trend afoot. Companies are creating virtual avatars of celebrities in all fields that can be chatted with. The people who are being turned into avatars are not always aware of it. And shall we say the public responses to this have been mixed. Facebook did this back in October, ostensibly with celebrity permission for people including Snoop Dogg, Mr. Beast, and of course, Paris Hilton. Whatever, fine, cute. Other creations have been done with no input, such as George Carlin in an unironically unfunny publicity stunt that Carlin's daughter has strongly condemned, and American psychologist Martin Seligman. Seligman has been duplicated online as an AI chatbot based on, quote, every word Seligman had ever written, unquote, by a grad student. Same thing happened to relationship psychologist Esther Perel. Both of these therapists were interested rather than upset, but the wider internet is less thrilled. For one thing, it's not obvious that if Seligman or Perel wanted the bots taken down, that they'd have any kind of legal recourse to do that, like at all. For another, there is a deep concern that people will use these bots in lieu of, you know, actual therapy, mm. forgetting that the training was only based on published works, which means that it's either generic advice or advice meant for other people in other situations. Yet another way we are going to be hearing a lot about AI weirdness and its clashes with the law and society in 2024. Happy New Year. HPE is acquiring Juniper to enhance their AI networking chops. Aruba is nonplussed. The news broke over the weekend and now it's official. HPE is going to acquire Juniper Networks in an all-cash $14 billion deal. This is the largest acquisition HPE has made since it split up with HP and ventured out on its own. In recent years, HPE has really focused on narrowing down its product portfolio and building up the GreenLake brand. Personally, never thought much of HPE's networking products. They were fine. It was very common to find Cisco networking gear alongside HPE's storage and compute products as part of a complete package. But that started to shift with the acquisition of Aruba Networks in 2015 and Plexi in 2018. And they still didn't have a robust story when it comes to data center and service provider networking. So grabbing Juniper makes a lot of sense. Juniper has also been developing their missed AI features over the last eight years, which has placed them far and ahead of other networking vendors who really didn't get their AI program in gear until 2023. 
HPE will now have the credibility to sell solid data center gear and a robust AI service that they can expand to encompass the rest of their greenfield offerings. How does Aruba fit into all of this? That's a story for another time, but I suspect they're not feeling entirely zen about the situation. Zen or zen next generation? Yes. Very XCP about the whole thing. Wi-Fi 7 is here, and boy, is my router tired. <laughs> I don't get it. So bad. I sort of get it, unlike Wi-Fi 7, which my current routers can't handle. No. Yes, I have more than one Wi-Fi router. Because of course I do. Doesn't everyone? Stop asking silly questions. Anyway, according to releases this week, Wi-Fi 7 is now the official new hotness. It's apparently miles better than Wi-Fi 6, which concurrently is now lame and dumb. <laughs> this is because this week saw the official release of the Wi-Fi Alliance's Wi-Fi Certified 7 program. Wi-Fi 7, also known as 802.11BE, is in general, theoretically, a huge improvement. Double the throughput of Wi-Fi 6, higher reliability, less transmission overhead, and a frankly absurd theoretical max speed of 46 gigabits per second. All of this is, of course, theoretical, as perfect conditions for Wi-Fi can barely happen in a lab, let alone in real-world conditions. So I guess what I'm saying is both the article's author and myself are a little skeptical that this is really going to be a massive change, not least considering we're at least one massive change behind. Mm-hmm. Wi-Fi 6, remember, still has a long way to go to a complete rollout. And Wi-Fi 6 hit the street back in 2019. There was also Wi-Fi 6E, which confused the naming for no good reason, and extended the range to include the 6 gigahertz band, but we don't have to go into that. All I'm saying is, y'all are spoiled. Back <laughs> in my day, we had 54 megabits per second for like 15 years, and we loved it. Loved it. It was fine. It was... It was not fine. Kind of terrible. Uphill. In the snow. <laughs> Both directions. If listeners are interested, we did a whole show about Wi-Fi 7 and whether or not I should buy a Wi-Fi 7 router. And I came down on the side of buy 6E because it's cheaper and I actually have devices that will support it. Cisco acquiring isovalent for eBPF expertise. HPE isn't the only company making network acquisitions. Cisco announced back on December 21st that they will be acquiring cloud-native startup Isovalent for an undisclosed sum, which means it isn't material to their bottom line, and therefore, they don't have to tell you. Cisco participated in previous funding rounds for Isovalent, so it's not entirely surprising that they have now decided to go all-in. Isovalent, for their part, is focused on the paid version of the open-source Cilium project, an eBPF-based networking solution for cloud-native meaning containerized applications. The core idea is that Cilium can sit at the kernel layer and monitor networking traffic across all the containers on a host and make routing and policy decisions based on rules pushed from a controller. It obviates the need to have a sidecar attached directly to each pod in a Kubernetes cluster, lowering processing overhead and networking complexity. Cisco has been trying to move away from a pure hardware play for a while now and clearly sees cloud-native applications as the next frontier. The isovalent acquisition is part of that overall strategy. I suspect we'll see Cisco gobble up some other cloud-native startups in 2024. 
Solo.io, you're on notice. Oh, is that how you say that? I always just said Solo.io. Solo.io. All right, that's it. We're done. Go away. Bye. (laughs) 